Welcome to the latest edition of Steelcast. The spread of the coronavirus has affected families, businesses and societies across the globe. The steel industry has no immunity from that. Now they say that calm seas don't make skillful sailors, so maybe the troubles the steel industry has had over recent years should have prepared us better than most. My name is Tim Rutter and each week I'll be speaking to some of those people responsible for navigating us through some of the most turbulent waters any of us have ever seen. Last week we spoke with Joe Gallagher in Trostra, whose team is managing the upswing in demand for those steels used to package canned food and drinks. The steelworks in North Wales, for which today's guest is responsible, is almost entirely consumed in making products for the construction sector. Tata Steel's shot and site was opened in 1896 as the Howarden Bridge Steelworks, owned by the John Summers Company. It remained so until nationalisation and the formation of British Steel Corporation in 1967. Its status as an integrated works ended in 1981 with the closure of the heavy end, but the site had already become world famous for its colour coat brand and has never looked back. So joining us on Steelcast today is shot and sight lead Bill Duckworth. Bill, a very warm welcome to you. Good morning. Uh, firstly, can you just remind our listeners uh, the sort of products you're making on the shot and sight now and the sort of projects and markets that they go into? Okay, so basically we take um, steel from Flamwern and Port Talbot, uncoated cold-rolled steel, and then we galvanise it through our one galvanising line we have at Shotton, and then it goes down one or one of the two paint lines that we have. Um, and we put all sorts of different paint, different uh, colours, textures, paint thickness, depending on the application you know some people want uh, uh, aesthetics as the the primary driver for for what they're buying and others want durability so we have a, a huge range of different products that we can create in an infinite number of colors yeah and and i guess on your site you've also got um the, the panels and profiles business which takes that material and turns it into sort of more finished products yeah so so essentially we have um actually we have three parts uh sister companies on the site uh, panels and profiles uh, color steels and color urban um so they're they're customers of ours but also partners of ours because obviously they're part of the same company and they 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 take our products and they create um different shapes and sizes from from our coils um to go into construction and into uh, other sectors like domestic appliances and with color urban they go into domestic roofing applications yeah so it's a classic sort of long leg as we describe it in the company isn't it a part of the organization that is you know very near to the market very near to the to the to the customer uh, and and a good lot of added value so um you know one of, one of the most valuable parts of the business so but when i look at the construction side of of your business particularly bill um you know it's an interesting uh, sector at the moment when the country first went on to lockdown uh, there was some noise around those industries that kept running when they were closing, you know, bars, theatres, restaurants uh, and so forth. Pe people were saying, well, shouldn't all businesses close? You know, we, what does the country classify as essential? And I guess people were looking at the steel industry in that time and they were also talking about the construction industry. Lots of construction workers, you know, going to work on the tubes in London and so on and so forth. But... But actually, you know, our industry and the construction industry, you know, as we've heard very recently from the government, is actually not frontline healthcare part of the industry, but it's, it is in terms of the fabric of society. And it's still classed really as an essential industry, Bill, isn't it? So what, what you guys are doing is actually very important at this time that you keep going. Yeah, I, th I think it was when when the announcement first came out from the government about the lockdown, um, 
it, it wasn't really a very helpful statement to yeah. say only essential industries uh, continue because everybody has a different perception about what an essential industry is and um so, so i think it was natural that people said well should we carry on working yeah. you know is, is is this the right thing to do but it's been made very clear by the government i mean in two interventions from the business secretary we've had open letters for the construction industry and now manufacturing where it's been made, made very clear by the government that they want us to carry on running now obviously we have to make sure that we can carry on running with the safety of our people in mind there's there's yeah. if we can't do that obviously we won't but we think we've put the measures in place we followed all the guidelines in some cases we've gone beyond the guidelines um and 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 we do want to keep the wheels of industry turning and and there are two reasons for this one is um you know obviously we we have to have a business to come back to when when all this crisis ends we can't stop the business for two months and then expect to come back two months later and and everything's remains unchanged yeah. but also some of the applications that we're supplying into are critical in the response to the the, the pandemic crisis so so we had an example um, a week or so ago where panels and profiles were supplying into one of their customers who was who were making um, critical care units isolation units and acute medical units you know these are things that have been delivered on a very very short time scale yeah. in order to prepare the country for um, you know the, the, the peak of the of, of the cases and the strain on the NHS and and our product goes into that as as an essential part of the fabric of the, the buildings that are are there to to try and um, support the country at this at this time so you know if if there is an example of an essential industry that's that's exactly it yeah and i think you kind of hit the nail on the head there it's a balance isn't it between uh you know supporting the nation in its time of need for essential products so yeah last week we spoke to joe about you know the need for canned food and drinks uh and this week about you know these specific products for these uh emergency care units isolation units emergency hospitals and so forth but i guess you know in the industry we are aware that um the nature of our business is one where we cannot just operate for those relatively small end applications uh, you have to either run a steel industry or not run a steel industry you can't really turn blast furnaces off at the, at the, at the start of the process or, or entire works and there's a role for our industry as you said about keeping people in work and keeping the steel industry going in addition to just these products isn't there yeah, and I think you know if you look at, at the demand we're seeing, um, the, the products we supply go into uh, lots of different industrial construction applications in the main um, across the UK and Europe. There, there are core markets, but we do we do supply into India, we supply into South America, and even as far as the Caribbean. So we have a, a very broad range of products that go into a broad range of different markets, and each of those markets is at different stages of its response that you know, their, their national government's response to the to the pandemic so where we're seeing certain markets are pretty much fully locked down like france and italy and ireland other markets like some of the northern european countries are, are less affected um, and as markets close down others reopen so so we're seeing a core 
a core demand that there are some pluses and minuses with it in terms of where it goes and which customers but but the core is pretty stable and 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 it's definitely down but it's nothing like as down as something like automotive where you said at the beginning you know automotive has stopped construction has carried on going yeah and uh, and we've seen a reduction sure but but the, the actual core demand is not as bad as we're seeing in other sectors yeah because i think i saw some stats yesterday which referred to something like i think it's the uk non-residential construction sector has seen a drop in of 40 percent or something of that nature in the last uh, in the last few weeks uh, but your perspective on your business operating as a global business uh, put some balance to that but you know, are you seeing a drop in demand to the extent where you are having to look at, you know, de-shifting or furloughing employees? What impact is it having on, on Shotton? Well, just I think before we go on to that, I think one important point is that um, one of the reasons perhaps we're not seeing demand go down by the 40 percent you mentioned is because of the breadth of the customer base. We have the types of products we supply. They're not products that you can buy from anywhere else. So I think that's part of our long-term strategy for trying to protect Shotton as a, as a business and, and to, to be a successful business that we are. Um, and, and it's sort of paying a little bit of a dividend now. But in terms of, you know, we, we have to face the fact that the, the demand has fallen and we have to, to try and react to that. So we have um, taken some capacity out on one of the two paint lines. We're going to have to take some some short-term outages on the galv line, for instance. Um, but I think overall, what we're trying to do is not overreact. It's it's about trying to strike the right balance, get capacity, something like close to, to where the level of demand is, yeah. but not, not go to the point where we can't respond if the market picks up. I think that's the big question everybody wants to know is when is it going to return to normal and and nobody can answer that question yeah but if we can retain the flexibility to respond whether that's to a general market upturn or whether it's specific market upturn or specific, even specific customers in specific sectors you know i think that stands us in good stead and that's what we're what, what we're trying to do from an operational point of view mm. um as far as furlough is concerned um we've 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 had to take quite hard decisions about pausing certain activities, um, things like uh, some of our product development, some of our quality improvement, and um, furlough the people uh, involved in in that sort of activity. So I think the number today is around about 140 people, and then you've got more people from panels and profiles and color steel. So so we're at about certainly from from my side of the business about 30 percent of people are now furloughed mm -hmm. and and i think it, it's been a quite an interesting response from people uh who who have been asked to be furloughed um first of all it, it's not a reflection of how important they are to the business some of the things that we're having to pause um are absolutely crucial to the long term but, but at the moment, this is about um, focusing on what's essential only. So, mm. you know, we've had to, to take the, the hit, if you like, and, and accept that some of the things that we were working on, like quality improvement and like long-term product development, we may have to take a little bit of a delay. In, but ultimately, it's about 
the short term uh, continuation of the plant. And I think the the other so, so we had that that those discussions with people. And the other thing was that most people's reaction was, you know, in normal circumstances where the company gets into difficulty, it's about right. Let, how can I roll my sleeves up and how can I help? You know, the, the yeah. attitude of everybody is, what can I do to help? And 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 they're very frustrated that actually the best thing they can do to help in this at this particular time is to to actually go home for two months or up to two months. Yeah. You know, there's no or little financial detriment for doing that. And, and and many of them I know have already gone and volunteered for the NHS or to do help vulnerable people because yeah, that's the type of people we employ. Yeah, it is an extraordinary time. And I think the flexibility of, uh, you know, how we run the plant, but also the workforce uh, is absolutely key. And in my introduction, I talked about, you know, how many years we've been you know, through the mix and had good times and bad times. And, and maybe that's taught us to be uh, flexible and, and built that culture of wanting to contribute and wanting to help and wanting to put your shoulder in the wheel. It's just, as you explained, this extraordinary place where where the, the most helpful thing some people can do is to, is to be at home. But, you know, talk about that flexibility. And I guess, you know, you can't do that on your own. You are part of a supply chain. And certainly at the beginning, you talked about the supply from the from the hub uh and and how you're so intrinsically linked with uh that that supply and uh i guess it doesn't seem many weeks ago does it bill that we had all the floods in the uk and uh and there was a huge amount of disruption in wales especially with um that supply trying to get up through the rail lines in in mid wales uh that you found disruptive at the time you know in the current circumstances how's that supply relationship going at the moment um well yeah we did have some issues uh, when the lines were flooded, um, we we certainly lost a bit of time on the lines, even because we ran out of substrate. But you know, I, the, the the credit to Port Talbot and and Flanwern. Flan, we're we we're, we're the biggest customer of Flanwern, certainly from the coal mill. Um, so so our relationship is is very close. I mean, we've over time we've we've built up, um, obviously the personal contacts and relationships that mean that. It's it's there's always some a little bit of noise between us and Port Talbot or or the hub in general, but generally it's it it runs pretty smoothly. And certainly in the in the last four weeks, running out of steel has not been a problem. Yeah, good, good. Now I think you know anyone who knows your business, Bill, and knows Shotton would say it's probably one of the most customer market focused parts of our entire organization and has been for a long time i mentioned how close you are to the markets and you know it places a long leg you know and as a business i think people outside and yourselves would probably pride yourselves in you know the innovation of your people the innovation in terms of your products your services everything around the color co offering uh, and some of those innovative products you you're getting into the sort of energy efficient um construction market um and that must give you and the people in Shotton some confidence about the long-term sustainability of your site and your place in those markets. You, know, you talked about this, you know, getting ready for, for, for when this is all over. How, how, how confident are people of, of your position there? We've, we've all worked in the steel industry a long time. And I think uh, the one thing you can say is that there are no guarantees, but we've at Shotton, over over a number of years we've been making the color coat product for over 50 years now and and color coat is the 
the generic brand name for painted steel in the market. So we have already a very um, established credibility and reputation within the market. You know, people know that when they buy products from Shotton, they're one, they're innovative and technically very good products um, and our service is very good and all this, the, the services that go around that in terms of technical response or support that we give to direct customers as well as uh, architects and main contractors and building owners and the guarantees we offer you, you know we, we offer a, a significant package that is what people value and and that is the thing that we have to carry on going we have to carry on with product innovation and product development to stay ahead of our competition yeah but but it, it, you know in the short term as i said earlier that 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 we're having to, to to pause some of these activities because we've got to focus on um the, the the things that that really matter which is about making and selling steel and getting it to our customers and we talked a little bit about flexibility you you, you have a flexibility from an operational point of view in trying to make sure that you get the balance between your capacity and your demand but I think it comes at a lower level actually now it's it's flexibility of individuals of of crews on the line of engineers of the 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 the, the people that run and maintain the lines which is is just you know it's incredible some of the flexibility we're seeing and the attitudes and just the resilience of people you know they're 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 working under difficult conditions because of social distancing we're trying very hard to make sure that we implement all the guidelines and go beyond and get people's ideas for how we can do things differently. Every time we have a problem on the line, we have to, to think about more things than we would normally yeah. in terms of keeping people apart. But I think the attitude of, of everybody has just been superb. I, I really, really cannot fault it. And, and this, this sense of we're in this together. We need to keep the plant going, keep people safe because, um, you know that's what's going to keep us going for the long term. So I've got nothing but praise for for everybody working on the, on the production unit. And I think what it's um, what it's uh, required of us is is to be quite agile in the way that we operate. Mm. Um, that normally we have plenty of time to think about. Uh, you know, demand demand fluctuates over time but it tends to be quite a gradual thing you can usually get the signs that it's coming and therefore you can put lots of preparations in place in the last four weeks we've been deciding things sort of from one day to the next and it's required an awful lot of of, of the, the 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 leadership of the site and I, and and the, by the leadership i mean it's not just me and my team it's the unions as well who've been incredibly supportive um I think our relationship and the communication we've had with the unions is is better than it's ever been. Yeah. We meet every day with them to discuss what's happened the day before, what do we need to do today? And we're resolving things very, very quickly with their support. And that just makes um, a difficult situation a little bit easier to manage. And I think that, you know, as a company, we've we're, we're a bit of a process driven company and we like to plan everything. And, you know, you, yes, there'll be do, somebody yeah. with a spreadsheet somebody, somewhere <laughs> that says we know what 
to the nearest kilo what we're going to deliver to a certain customer on a certain day in a certain month. Yeah. And, and that's fine when the market is stable, but where it's not stable like it is at the moment, it is about flexibility and agility. And, and it's not making it up as you go along, but it is because obviously we have to think of some, some scenarios of where it might end up. We've got to have some general direction that we're heading in, but, but the fine tuning of that direction has to be done pretty dynamically. And I think one of the positives that will come out of this at the end of it is that we will have learned to work in a different way and mm. we'll have learned you know, the importance of communication mm. is, has, is something that comes out. And obviously, it's something you're heavily involved with, but you have to communicate more in these situations. And when things return to normal, you know, let's carry on with some of the communication. You know, it's, it's very frustrating when I'm working from home. That, that you can't walk down the plant and, and talk to people. But we've we found ways around that. We've done virtual town halls along lines. Yes. Um, so, so that people do have access to the people who are making some of these decisions and, and, and quite rightly challenge us and quite rightly raise concerns and but also come up with suggestions of how we can do things. So so I'm 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 trying to put a positive spin on it in terms of thinking you know what what can we learn from mm. the way we're having to operate now and how that can change the way we operate in the future and it ties very much in with the whole transformation and new ways of working we've been talking about um all about agility well i think we're having to display agility right now and i think it's a it's a fascinating insight into the thinking that goes with uh, such periods of change and maybe you know none quite like uh, we're going through at the moment and they say don't they? They're nothing unites like a common enemy, and uh, you know maybe we've thought of competitors as the enemy in the past or competing products, but you know this is a very different sort of enemy, and it is pushing into to ways of thinking and agility and and trying out new things. This podcast is another example of new new ways of communicating with audiences who are in different places, and um, you know planning your demand and and flexing around things changing much more quickly, you know may become the new norm. And, uh, you know, hopefully when we do come out of this, that uh, we will take the positives and carry on with some of those things. But, you know, Bill, I know it's a long road ahead and I know that, you know, every site lead like you is having to make difficult decisions on a on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, I've known you for a number of years and I know how much trust and respect you have from people in Shotland. And I know they'll be right behind you thick and thin uh, in the offices and on, on the plant. So, you know, from all across uh, of us across the industry, uh, you know, all power to your elbow, Bill, and, and we wish you well through the coming months uh, and beyond. And I'd, I'd just like to, you know, use the this platform just to, to once again thank everybody who's who's really sort of going above and beyond, um, particularly on the plant, um, because they're on the front line. But but I think we also have to to remember that there are people working at home and and sometimes there's a perception working from home is is not really working from, from certainly from my experience i'm i'm working harder than i probably do at um in in the office because there are fewer distractions yeah um and um you know so it's it's a thank you to everybody whether you're on the front line in in the plant whether you're supporting the front line by working from home taking the orders talking to customers which is obviously crucial at the moment or or people even on furlough you know i think some of those have 
have have made a bit of a sacrifice and and done it reluctantly in the sense that they understand why they have to do it but uh, would would have chosen not to do it but uh, nevertheless i think they've you know recognized the the, the seriousness of the situation and um so I, it's i have nothing but admiration for the whole plant i think it will it it's it's sort of galvanized the whole plant it's it's, it's funny one or two people i i get i put out a daily update and uh, sometimes you think you're just putting this out into the ether and, and nobody reads it. But yeah. you get one or two comments back from um, surprising sources. And I won't I won't embarrass them. But 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 people say things like, you know, I really feel proud of where we're working at the moment because of the way everybody's pulling together. Mm. And it's when you get a comment like that, that that's you realize why you know, the, the steel industry is challenging at the best of times. But that's mm. why we do it yeah <clears throat> because because it's that spirit yeah and that spirit will sustain us and i think yeah many of us would echo your comments bill and you know thanks again for taking time out from incredibly busy schedule uh, today to join us on the pod it's been fascinating to talk to you as ever uh, i'm sure we'll come back to you and, and uh and catch up in the months to come to see how things are progressing but for now bill thanks very much for your time thank you so there we have it. The steel industry across sectors is keeping up its end of the deal, supporting the nation and its frontline workers, making its own sacrifices and working hard to make sure that when all this comes to an end, we still have a UK steel industry to be proud of. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, why not subscribe to Steelcast on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. See you next time when we delve into another part of one of the UK's longest standing and most essential industries. <laughs>